0: Welcome to another episode of a special podcast we like to call From the Archives. These are hand picked sermons and sermon series preached in our church over the years by some of the pastors, elders, and special guests we've had the privilege of listening to. We hope and we pray that as we listen to these classic messages, we'll be challenged in our walk with Jesus and encouraged to trust in him more and more. That being said, let's dive into the episode. Hey guys and welcome to this final Christmassy episode from the archives and I hope that you have had slash are having a wonderful Christmas time. Uh, What we've got for you today is an incredibly short podcast And it's just a small sermon that was preached by myself at one of our nativity services a good few years ago, considering some of the names that Jesus has, uh, what that shows us about him and what that means Christmas is about for us. That being said, I should shut up, uh, hand you over to myself and hope that you enjoy. I find the concept of enjoying Christmas cracker jokes really odd because... Despite the fact that Christmas cracker jokes have been around for decades, maybe even centuries, they don't seem to get any better, do they? If they're not employing the best comedy writers that we have out there. And actually, I read an article this week about Christmas cracker jokes, and there had been a poll for the worst Christmas cracker joke, or, depending on how you look at it, the best Christmas cracker joke. And this is the joke that won. What is Santa Claus's favourite type of pizza? Deep and crisp and even. Um, not a great joke. I genuinely think that there were some worse jokes on our table last night. But actually, the article went on to explain that Christmas cracker jokes are supposed to be bad. That the intention of the Christmas cracker joke is that everybody can understand it and everyone can join together as one, groaning and complaining about how bad it is. And actually, if the jokes were too good, if the jokes were too clever, then the room would be divided. Half of the people would find it funny Half of them might not, but if they're bad jokes, everybody enjoys. Um, One of the things that always um, gets stuck in my brain around Christmas time is all the different names that we have for Jesus. From the readings that we read, from the carols that we sing, he's referred to in lots and lots of different ways. We're going to pick up on one of those names. But as I was teaching an assembly on this um, last week to some nursery children, I thought, well, is it that odd that Jesus has a lot of names? Because actually, I've got lots of names as well. Some people come into my office, uh, come into the church office, and they come in, and they're the polite ones, they're the good ones, they're the ones I like, and they address me by my first name, if you like, Pastor. They come in and they say, oh, Pastor, oh, what a wonderful sermon on Sunday, Pastor, thank you. You know who you are, and I like you very much. Thank you very much. You can keep on doing it. But that's something that people come and they call me. They use that as a name for me. They call me Pastor. Now, there's another name that I've got that I only hear now and again, and I only hear it when I'm sick, when I'm ill. It's David. That's my first name. And the only time I ever get called David is when I go to the doctors, when I go to the hospital. On everything official, as my first name. It pops up. This is a true story. In Margaret Street Surgery once, I spent five minutes... Angry at David, whose turn it was next, for not being there, not being ready to take their appointment because I was waiting to go in. And then when I finally twigged, it wasn't me at all, it was another chap in the surgery who was also called David Davis. And, um, he was in exactly the same situation. He thought, who's this David? And we were both angry at the, this person and he was calling both of us in a sense, but that's, um, so that's another name that I have. Then I've got another name. A middle name which people who are more familiar with me, not the official people, friends if you like call me, short for Samuel, Sammy. So whenever I'm with my friends, that's what they call me, is Sammy. And I I know someone knows me well if they call me Sammy or Sam or Samuel because they know to avoid calling me uh david and then of course there's my final name my surname which i was trying to think of examples of when it actually gets used and i think the only time it ever got used was when i was in school and i'd been mischievous and there was one or two teachers who had shouted me down the hall davis and then i look go, oh i've been caught again i've been rumbled again but I've got all these different names that actually signify different things and they're used in different circumstances. Pastor shows what my job is, what my vocation is. The fact that I go by Sammy, by Samuel, my middle name, I think that shows that I'm Welsh. It's something that us Welsh people do is go by our middle name. And Davis then as a suit, certain Alan, you could take that down now. Thank you very much. Only everyone wants to see. Uh of my old school photo. Wonderful beard for a teenager, wasn't it? Fantastic. You know, so I've got all these names that are used in different situations. And I just want to focus in on two names of Jesus uh, this morning. One we had in our reading in Matthew uh, chapter 1, and I'll just read it out to you again. When the um, angel is speaking, it says this, um, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I think it's fantastic that the scripture just explains to us exactly what this extra name of Jesus means. It means God with us with us you know that's one of the main things that we celebrate at Christmas is that God came down to be with us and that's a fantastic truth there's scriptures elsewhere in the Bible that speak of it being wonderful because that means God can sympathize with us God understands God has been tested and tempted and he's come to be with us and that is one of the most marvelous things about Christmas and I think that God coming to be with us sets the tone for the rest of Christmas, whether we know it or not. It's all about Christmas, when you think about it, coming together, isn't it? From Emmanuel, God coming down to be with us, to the various traditions that we have. Think about your traditions, when you're decorating the house and the tree. Now, some of you might do it on your own, some of you might do it together, but there's always more than one person involved. If someone's got the job of decorating a tree, you'll still be doing it together, because you'll be roping somebody else into getting them down from the attic or untangling all the lights and everything. It's something that we do together. Um, We have parties together, don't we? Last night, the church got together. A hundred of us or so got together to have a party. It was about coming together at Christmas. Heck, even when we were turning on the Christmas lights in Ammonford this year, over 700 people came together dressed up as elves. You know, coming together is just something that we do at Christmas. And I think... Jesus' name of Emmanuel, God with us, coming down, is essential in the Christmas story, and it sets the scene. But there's a second name of Jesus, and well, it's not really a name that's given to him, but it's more of a description of something that he does. And this second name is Reconciler. He's the one who came to be with us, Emmanuel, yes, but to reconcile as well. To reconcile. Reconcile is to re-establish a close relationship I'm just going to read you quickly two verses from Colossians which say this for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him speaking about Jesus and through him to reconcile all things to himself you know if that Emmanuel name starts things off sets the tone of God being with us then the rest of the Bible and and a lot of what the kids were actually explaining in the nativity was this That all of Jesus' life, his coming to be with us, was setting up for this other name that he has. To be a reconciler. To be someone who re-establishes a close relationship. And and, and the passage goes on. It says, um, uh, To reconcile all things to himself by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. You know, the two big holidays in the Christian calendar is Christmas and Easter, of course. Christmas, we celebrate mainly God with us, Emmanuel, and Easter, the fact that Jesus died and rose again. But you know what? The two are inseparable, really. He came to be with us so that he could reconcile us, that is, take us to be with him through his blood, through his death, and so on. Who would have thought it, really? Who would have thought it that this little baby that was born in such simple circumstances would achieve so much? would be the one who is God with us. But more than that, would be the one who is reconciling, making us fit for God. Who would have thought a little baby in a manger could have achieved so much? Well, I'll tell you who thought he could. The angels. The angels knew this from the start. That's why they were so excited to proclaim it. The shepherds recognised that. That's why they left their flocks up on the hill and they went down into the town to worship. And the wise men, the kings from far, They recognise that as well, which is why they spent years travelling to see this baby being born. And I suppose my question then, for you this morning, is this. Do you believe, do you believe that Jesus is, on the one hand, God with us, Emmanuel? God come down, taken on flesh, so that he, he knows. He knows what we're going through. He knows what it is to be human. He knows what it is to be tempted and to be tested, to be in difficult situations and to be struggling. But do you as well believe that he was the one who came to be the reconciler, to bring us back to God, to make us fit and right so that we can be with God and worship him? And I I really hope that something that you've heard, something you've seen today, or through the other things that are going on at Christmas, you'll come to see that maybe for the first time. Well, that's it for another episode of our From the Archives podcast. We hope that you found it challenging and encouraging. And as always, we'd like to offer you a few quick next steps that you can take right now. If there's anything that you'd like to discuss or any questions that have been raised, please do contact us via email to contact at If you want to know more about what's going on in the life of the church, make sure that you like us on Facebook. And lastly, why not check us out on YouTube? where you'll find additional teaching to complement our regular sermon podcast and our From the Archives podcast. Thanks for listening.